Hello, FitFam. You've got Laura here coming at you with episode number three of the Bikini Things podcast. I have with me a guest that I'm very excited to have on today. She's one of my good friends. This is Mary Tran. On Instagram, on social media, you may know her as Mary Ish, but she is an NPC bikini competitor and experienced posing coach and also the brand new director of marketing for Toxic Angels Bikinis. So welcome, Mary. Hi, guys. So happy to be here. I've been dying to do this for quite a while and finally got a chance to sit down with Laura and talk about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have you. I mean, we've been talking about this, I want to say since December or since the end of last year and yeah. between the two of us we're busy enough and our schedules are we're so busy <laughs> I know <laughs> that we haven't actually had a chance to do this and and now that I've actually got the podcast going we've made it a point to make this happen so I'm really pumped um for today's episode we're really just going to be talking about you and what's going on in your life um, you have a pretty big social media following people love to know what you're doing you've helped a lot of girls with their posing um, you've helped a lot of girls place really well in Yay. shows, so um, all the all the attention, everything, it's so well deserved. You're one of the hardest working people I know. Oh, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean it. So um, I guess the biggest thing we'll start out with is let's talk about just how did you get into fitness? How did you get into competing? I mean, you grew up in Orange County, but beyond that, I mean, how did you first find out about it? It just, I feel like it just kind of happened in like unintentionally. It just kind of happened very organically because I felt like I was a little overweight um, starting out maybe five years ago, I want to say, five, six years ago. And I just started like eating healthier, making better choices, just more conscious about what I was eating. And I started losing weight. And then I got into powerlifting without even knowing it actually I just liked lifting weights and being really strong and pretty soon I was convinced into competing in powerlifting meets did that for two years and then um I just transitioned into bikini just because a lot of my friends were competing in bikini and I was like "Ooh, it's so pretty like sparkly bikinis being on stage and everything and at that point I was kind of like getting bored of powerlifting per se I wanted to say it was just two years of it it was kind of repetitive I wanted to try something new sure and then I got into bikini I just gave it a shot I actually started posing before I even committed to starting prep Uh so I was posing with my friends for fun I thought it was really fun even though it was the hardest thing ever um but I liked it and I finally committed to doing a show at the start of a new year it was January 2006. Yeah. That was your I, first show? I committed my first, my, I first, sorry, sorry, my first prep, 2006. Oh my god. 2016, goodness. sorry. 2016, okay. Yeah. I was like, no. Was, was even around? <laughs> no, 2016, January, committed gotcha. to a prep, eight week prep. I can honestly say I practiced every single day for posing. I was mm-hmm. so committed to it and everything. Um, place first at my first show that's amazing um felt amazing it was it was great and from there I just was really into it and really into progressing growing and Mm -hmm. not only that I just I've always just liked watching people around me grow yeah and being able to help other people it made me really happy and it made me feel like I was like doing something right 
Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So I do want to back up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So you said that you were you're overweight five or six years ago. Yes. And so what, because there are so many people out there, I think you and I were in the fitness world. All of our friends compete. All of our friends are super in shape. We tend to I think get in get in this isolated mindset or just the people we surround ourselves with are all very fit and we forget that there's so many people out there that want to lose weight that want to make a change in their life so you said you started eating better what did you what did you do or how did you even find information to figure out what you should be eating I I would ask around for advice I mean it wasn't just asking around for like an easy handout I was Mm -hmm. genuinely curious to learn more I would look up things on like bodybuilding.com I would google like hey how do I count my macros or how does this work or what would be considered healthy I would look up healthier recipes like alternatives and just subbing out maybe not eating chips anymore I actually gave up the sweets for mm-hmm. the longest time, like I just didn't even touch it. Good for you. Yeah, I I can't do that now because I don't know why, how I ever did it. Yeah. But I did it. I was eating salads with you know like um was dressing that was like lower in macros or just opted out for better options. Mm-hmm. And I I just really wanted to make a change because I grew up a little bit on the heavier side. And I guess more so in the Vietnamese Asian culture, I was considered overweight. Mm-hmm. And it was very hard just because I was watching my my sister who was a lot thinner. A lot of people were like, oh, you know, beauty is being thin. And I kind of got sucked into that. And mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, make a change because I wasn't happy with where I was. And I that was what drove drove me because I just wanted to not feel sorry for myself anymore and I have to yeah. make a change yeah. yeah so it sounds like you were doing a lot of self-education yes a lot of research did you have any role models or any friends that you would get advice from or, or look to mm. for motivation or guidance to be honest not really all my friends at the time were all into partying oh my gosh um raving (laughs) raving was a big thing back then I mean I had my fair share of raves and events and I still went clubbing for a while as I was like transitioning into like fitness and everything Uh still today I'll I'll still go out for certain events but I didn't really have any friends who were serious about Uh like losing weight and everything they were just heavy drinkers going out all the time um, my only, I guess, role model per se would just be all these IG fitness people that mm-hmm. I was following for the beginning. Can't say I'm following a lot of them now because they're not really what I like see anymore. Mm-hmm. But it was a good starting point. I was like, oh, like new workouts to try mm-hmm. because you know I didn't know how to touch any dumbbell or barbell when I first started uh-huh. going to the gym. I was your typical cardio bunny who used that one elliptical on that right side on the second <laughs> row every time I That's went to the gym elliptical. that was my elliptical <laughs> that I went you know yeah 40 40 minutes like every other day or something sometimes mm-hmm. I wasn't very consistent about going to a gym but as soon as I started seeing progress I was just yeah learning doing more then eventually I asked my friend to like hey can you help me like squat I'm not really sure mm-hmm. how to do this. Mm-hmm. And they were guiding me. They were teaching me. I would look up like new workouts to try. And I mean, here I am now. That's awesome. Yeah. So those friends you would ask for advice, were they friends you met at the gym? Um, They were friends who I met at raves. 
through partying, <laughs> but they still they like still worked out. they still worked out here and there. But I knew them, uh-huh. you know. So I would just go to a gym and like ask them, like, "Hey, you know, can you help me?" I guess, but they were willing to help. I mean, yeah. I don't hang out with any of them anymore, uh-huh. but. Yeah. Some of them still message me and it's like, wow, Mary, I remember when I first helped you squat a bar. Uh-huh. I was like, well, yeah, good times. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, that's a big part, you know, of bikini competitor's life. You know, that transitional time where you're really learning how to lift weights. I think, at least for me, I look back on that time in my life fondly. Like, oh, I remember when I was just learning how to deadlift. Right? Or just, yeah. Yeah. No, I was the same way in college. I would go do my cardio for 45 minutes, an hour, go hit up a couple of the inner outer thigh leg machines, maybe. I remember when I used to shoulder press five pounds in each hand, and that was, that was difficult. so heavy. It was so heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, so it's amazing sometimes to remind yourself and look back, oh man, I've, I've made a lot of progress since then. But So you started losing weight, and then how did you find out about powerlifting? Did you were those friends that you met? Were they the ones that introduced you to that, or how no, did you even find out about? Completely different. Uh-huh. I mean, like I said, I just kind of got into it without knowing, because as I was lifting, you want to progress. Yeah. So I would keep upping my weights, adding uh-huh. more weights, keep getting stronger. Because I'm like, oh wow, I can totally deadlift a hundred pounds. Let's try 115. Uh-huh. And I would keep going until one day someone saw me at the gym and was like, do you powerlift or do you compete? Well, you should because you know, you're strength training right now, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was strength training. I was just doing whatever <laughs> I felt like I was yeah. doing, Yeah. but I enjoyed it. So I mean, my, my friends eventually at the gym that I met at the time uh-huh. were like, you know, you should just do this mock meet with us for fun. See if you like it. It was an amazing community. You mm-hmm. know, you, you think being in, like, just a general fitness industry now with, like, like, like-minded like people was great. That It was just a great introduction for me into, like, another aspect of fitness, powerlifting. Mm-hmm. And we are all kind of, like, all together in the same niche, like, all cheering each other on. No one's competing. It's another. Everyone is competing for their own, like, personal record. You know, you're trying to pull your own weight on like your own personal record and Mm -hmm. we're all cheering for each other yeah and i think that was just another like motivation like motivating um journey for me just because everyone was there was cheering you on and it felt great for two years yeah Mm -hmm. and then i just i got bored of powerlifting Uh (laughs) so did you were you i mean were you competitive when you were powerlifting were you seeing yeah progress meet to meet or how how many meets did you do over the course of those two years I think I did two or three meets, one mock meet. I was very competitive. Like, it was so competitive towards myself that, uh-huh. I mean, I may have overdone it. I would cry when I wouldn't, like, get something the way I wanted to or pull uh-huh. the weight I wanted to. Uh-huh. That was how competitive I got. And I actually ended up um, going to nationals for powerlifting. No way. I had the California state record for deadlifts at the 105 weight class. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And that's it was a, great. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I, had no, I had no idea. Yep. Um, what, was, was, what was the record at that time? It was 285 pounds. Damn girl. Yeah. At 105, you pulled 280. I was 103. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> that strength to ratio. Yeah. Strength to weight ratio, though. And then, I oh mean, it gosh. was good times, but I mean, I'm like one of those people now that's kind of like, oh, yeah, I used to squat two plates. <laughs> that's incredible. I don't think I've ever squatted two plates. Oh I don't think I can do it anymore. <laughs> Maybe if I worked yeah. up to it, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. Um, 
So then, so you competed in powerlifting. Mm-hmm. And were you still losing weight at that time? I mean, what was your what was your body doing? What was your metabolism it, doing? It was like very. It was fluctuating. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would be. I would maintain around like 115, 116. Mm-hmm. And then for the competitions you have to be like the 105 weight class or okay. the 114 okay i always opted for 105 just because the lower you weighed the the bigger the ratio of your weight is mm-hmm. the weight that you pull okay. so that would look better okay so um i mean i would either diet down a couple pounds and just water cut the rest mm-hmm. of the way okay yeah so what would you do for a diet when you were prepping for a meet macros i did flexible dieting i ate whatever i want um i still opt for obviously healthier options like i still wouldn't be pouring syrup like regular syrup all over my pancakes and plus walden's farms just tastes better anyway (laughs) (laughs) it's it's pretty it's just not worth like Mm -hmm. 50 grams of carbs for one pour yeah you know yeah but stuff like that i was still just tracking macros Mm -hmm. i mean eating more high days low days you know moderate days Mm -hmm. so it wasn't wasn't too big on like gaining or losing yeah wasn't wasn't too difficult to cut down to it wasn't yeah that's good do you know how many calories or do you remember what your macros were roughly at that time um you know what's funny i used to think 100 grams of carbs was high carb back then <laughs> so to be honest like for what it was then back yeah. then i thought i was eating a lot i was yeah. still eating around 1600 1600 okay. 1800 calories depends on high days and low days i had sure. like two or three cheat meals a week though okay you know so yeah. it wasn't like consistent yeah but now that i think about it back then i didn't eat a lot for you know without knowing because i thought 100 grams of carbs was a lot mm-hmm. now i'm just kind of like eating like 200 300 grams yeah, of carbs yeah. and i'm just chilling <laughs> yeah it's great when you can build your metabolism up and yeah definitely more. yeah i did the same thing when i first lost weight i was calorie counting mm-hmm. macro tracking and i remember i would i got to a point where i was doing so much cardio and i was shooting to eat 1200 calories a day and oh, i'd be man. i'd be lifting weights i'd be doing 60 to 90 minutes of cardio a day to try to lose weight and it got to a point where I couldn't maintain that and I just realized okay you need to start eating more this is not gonna work yeah (laughs) so we've all been there we have been there and I think as women too we tend to deprive ourselves or we tend to under eat Mm -hmm. I don't know if you coach girls right now on diets or weight loss or I'm sure you have a lot of people that ask you advice but usually what I see most commonly is women tend to under eat when yep. they're trying to lose weight, when they're trying yeah. to make a change in their bodies and in their life. And tons of cardio. Most mm-hmm. girls just tend to be tend to be scared of carbs. Yeah. 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 We were just scared of adding carbs in, like ten grams of carbs. Or food. Is that gonna make just me fat? Food. Just food in general. Yeah. 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 So, and most of us don't even have our protein, to be honest. That too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of ladies scared of the weight room as yep. well. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> That's something you get over as soon as you're in your first powerlifting or bikini competition. So how did you meet the friends that were doing bikini competitions? How did you get introduced to that? Were they powerlifting friends? Were they friends from the club? Um, None of them are friends from the club. A lot of them were just... A lot of them... Some of them were old high school friends that I never really talked to but as we found out Mm -hmm. like during college that we had the same interests now we connected Uh um I wanted to say I met a lot of my friends through Instagram 
Yeah. I met most of my friends through Instagram nowadays. That compete? That compete, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, a lot of them were friends through friends. Uh-huh. And one of my best friends, actually, I love telling this story because mm-hmm. it's really funny, but I was at the UCI gym. She went to UCI. Uh-huh. And we both didn't really know each other. We knew of each other, kind of. Mm-hmm. But I was deadlifting at the gym. I turn around. This girl is deadlifting three plates on each side. Uh-huh. And I'm just kind of like, who is this girl? <laughs> she's so strong. Yeah. And she's about, like, my, like size and like weight and everything so i just went up to her and i said hi i'm mary you're really strong like i was i just wanted to introduce (laughs) myself and that was legit what happened and me and her have been best friends since then oh that's amazing yeah do i know her nina nina oh did she come to your birthday no she goes to school she goes to med school in vegas gotcha yeah but we've been friends we keep in contact since and she she competed in the Vegas show. I coached her for posing. For oh, that. nice. Okay, yeah. maybe I saw that. Yeah, on social media. That's amazing. So, what made you decide to pull the trigger? It sounds like you had a lot of friends, a good support system that kind of got you interested. But what was the turning point where you said, "Okay, I'm gonna pull the trigger. I'm gonna do a bikini competition." I just had nothing to lose. Yeah. I mean, when you're when you living life why are you holding yourself back if you really want to do something you're you should just do it rather than going on the next year or two realizing well what could have happened if i did it mm-hmm. what could have happened if i competed what could have happened if i tried mm-hmm. you never know you mean some a lot of people didn't ever never even thought about competing and the next thing you know they're an ifbb pro that's true. You know? That's true. So yeah. you never really knew. And I personally had nothing to lose. And I was just kind of like, I'm just going to do it. See where this takes me. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do something I like or I want to try. Yeah. Yeah. Your first show, were you still in school or were you working? I was still what in was, school. Uh-huh. I was still in school. I was working. Sometimes I really don't know how I like managed to do the things I do because honestly, I work full time pretty much most of my life since I've ever started working at 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people wonder how you do everything that you do. I, I really don't know, <laughs> to be honest. Like, sometimes yeah. it's kind of like, do I yeah. sleep? Do I have friends? Um, <laughs> do I go out? <laughs> I would say your time management is in the 99th percentile of all people I've ever met. I think that's, I think that's probably what your secret is. Hopefully you're sleeping. and <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm sleeping a lot now, but yeah, yeah I, I plan out everything. I plan out everything from the month to the next month, I probably have my life planned out for the next, and towards the end of the year, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just to make sure everything. No, it's done. amazing. <laughs> I'm the same. I'm the same way. Uh, if it's not on calendar, it's not happening, mm-hmm. and and that's what allows you to do a lot of stuff too. I mean, maybe exactly. I'm preaching to the choir here, but no, it's true. That's that's how I get so much stuff done. People will be like, Laura, how are you doing workouts, going to work, training clients after work. And then doing it all over again. It's like, well, I have a calendar where everything's planned out. It's written out. Mm-hmm. You have, have accounted really, for everything. <laughs> you set time for what what you specifically want to do or need to do, mm-hmm. and you're committing to your time. Yeah. So, and that's just how it is. A lot of people say they want to do a lot of things, but end up waking up and not feeling like it. You know, if I woke up and I didn't feel like doing a lot of things, I would just be at home all day. Yeah. But. Yeah. Have I, you have you always been like that where you're so on top of it, organized, able to manage your time? Is that something 
Um, that you just grew up like that or? So, so, but not so much as I am nowadays. Mm-hmm. I think before I got into fitness, I would wake up feeling like crap, wake up feeling sorry for myself. It was one of those things where I was just battling with myself internally all the mm-hmm. time because I wasn't happy with where I was at. Mm-hmm. I wasn't happy with what I was doing, what I looked like. And I think by the time I kind of just woke up one day and realized I want to make a change, I can take charge of my own life and mm-hmm. make it the way I wanted to and pave my way to where I want to be that's when everything kind of changed. Like yeah. I just started planning. I'm a big planner now just because I know what I want mm-hmm. and I know when I want it yeah. and I know what I need to do to get there yeah. and I'm, no one's going to do it for me. So if I don't do it, I'm just going to be in one spot all the time. Yeah. 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 No planning. I can't emphasize enough how important I think planning is for fitness or just life. Yeah. Was there a moment or a time where you realized you needed to start planning more things to get to where you want to be? Because I think what a lot of people struggle with when Mm -hmm. they're really struggling with prep or their diet, it's a failure to plan. Mm -hmm. And I I can tell people this until I'm blue in the face, but for some people it seems like it sinks in and some people it doesn't. You're one of those people who definitely takes planning time management organization to the nth degree. <laughs> so I don't know if you have any secret secret tips or, or just insights along the way that helped you develop your skills to where you're at. Yeah. Um, just prioritize. Like know what is important to you. Like what do you want to do, first of all? What do you need to do? I need to go to work. First of all, that was very mm-hmm. important. Nothing can get in the way of that because your girl let's, needs to make let's money. Let's pay the bills. Let's pay the bills first. Without bills, you cannot be doing everything else that you want to do or love to do. So that should be first in your calendar. Make time for that. Now, the second thing you want to make time is is for your passion, what you want to do. I schedule like enough time for my workout, my me time every single day or when needed on my calendar. And then after that, I would schedule in either my clients or friends who I make time to hang out with. Now, here's another thing. Don't make time for every single one of your friends. Not all friends are worth your time because you'll realize eventually as you grow older that you only have very few friends that actually genuinely care about you. Those are the friends you make time for. Some people just spread themselves too thin and that's where they run out of time doing too much things, too many things for too many people that don't care about you yeah yeah that's a good point mm-hmm. and it's something that you and I have talked a lot about and yeah I've definitely tried to put into practice because you're right not everybody is going to make the time for you not everybody necessarily cares about you the way you care about them yes and and I also think people who are less together you know, not on top of their schedule, not on top of their calendar. Sometimes it's just a, a failure to literally write things down. That too. Like, okay, you've got to be at work from eight to five. Mm-hmm. And when are you going to work out? Okay, it's going to take you a half hour to drive to the gym. Okay, and then you're supposed to go meet your friend for dinner after. When is that actually all happening? And sometimes I think people just think things will materialize or things will work out the way they want. And then they mm-hmm. end up being one of those people who show up half hour, hour late to everything. Yep. Um, <laughs> which if you're, if you're not someone like that is very frustrating. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, it feels like they don't appreciate your time. So yeah, I can't, I can't emphasize enough 
the importance or the value I see in having a calendar, especially if you're a bikini competitor or you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to make something big happen in your life, like going to school and to work Mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, Just planning out your meals. If you know you're going to go out to a restaurant for an event, for a birthday or something, know that you're going to be at that place and pick out what you probably want to eat and be prepared for it. Mm -hmm. Just being prepared, planning. And you know what? Google Calendar is life if you guys don't have that because (laughs) you can download on your phone and Uh color coordinate everything. Yeah. Yeah. I use Outlook right now, but that's because I can sync work they're on personal stuff. Market yeah. is private, so my coworkers don't see that I'm doing a photo shoot on Saturday. <laughs> I get to my phone. But yeah, no, just literally writing it down makes such a difference. It does. So I want to backtrack. So you made a decision, okay, I'm going to compete. Mm-hmm. Why not? I have nothing to lose. What was that first prep like for you? What was that experience like? It was very challenging because I did a meal plan. Mm-hmm. I followed it to the T, like... Did you have a coach? I had a coach, okay. yeah. I was so they on, gave you the meal plan. I was on a team, okay. but it was kind of a cookie-cutter meal plan. But mm-hmm. I didn't know that at the time. I thought uh-huh. it was just, oh, it's a big team. It's well-known. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I have yeah. all these, like, same girls competing in the same show as me. But the coach also had, like, 400 other girls that they were oh prepping, my gosh. you know? Yeah. So... I didn't know at the time, but I was on a cookie cutter plan, but I yeah. followed the t- plan to the T. Mm-hmm. It was my first show. Followed every workout to the T. Mm-hmm. There were times where I would just break down one night and just start crying because uh-huh. I was tired. I yeah. was so tired, but it wasn't, it wasn't even like a thought to ever give up though. Yeah. I just want to keep going. Yeah. I want, I was committed to this. Yeah. And I think that's the drive of doing the first show that, you may or may not get again in after <laughs> yeah. after like second third shows or something yeah. because I don't I don't have the same drive. I found out that it's something I like doing for fun, mm-hmm. not as like I don't strive to be an IFBB pro. If it happens, uh-huh. it happens. If not, it's cool. Mm-hmm. I have other things in my life that I can. You have so much in your life. Yeah, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So you have some amazing things in your life. Yeah, it's, so, it's just something fun for me. Yeah. So what was that? What was that meal plan, or what were the workouts like? How much cardio were you doing? I was doing cardio six times a week, an hour. It started off as an hour. It went up to two hours. Oh my gosh. It yeah, that's already like a red flag, by the way, guys. Two do hours, not do two hours two of cardio hours of a cardio day. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> On top of plyos three times a week oh and gosh. like full blown bike Strength full training. Body, yeah, body You're doing workouts. strength training how many times a week? At not that even point? strength training. It was more volume at that point. Uh-huh. But it was like full body. Yeah. So I was training six times a week. Mm-hmm. I had one rest day, but that rest day didn't really feel like anything because my body needs so much more two hours of cardio that. a day. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I calculated my meals. I was eating probably like under 900 calories a day. To start? No, towards or the end of prep. Towards the end. And, but it was only an 80 yeah. prep and I was eating that much under already. Yeah. Yeah. I oh wasn't really eating that much. That's exhausting. Yeah. yeah. But plyos and everything, I mean, I don't regret it. It was definitely mm-hmm. a learning experience. Yeah. Definitely learned a lot looking back at it now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it shows that you had a lot of mental toughness to yeah. get all the way through it. There's plenty of people that get put on plans where it's probably too much cardio. It's probably not mm-hmm. quite enough calories. And they get part of the way through it and they quit because they're not necessarily set up for success from the beginning. They're, yeah. they're set up almost to fail in some ways. Yeah. And, and some girls are super stubborn and tough and will grit their teeth and get through it. And some will not. Yeah. Yeah. 
It was tough. <laughs> so what did you do? So you did your first show. You won. Mm-hmm. That must have been it was, <laughs> pretty it cool. It felt amazing. Yeah. Was that it? Lo- it was local to. It was local. It was in Culver City. Oh, it was nice. uh, I think it was March twelfth, twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very I remember cool. it. <laughs> Culver City. Yeah. So you did that show. Probably felt amazing. You won. So then what was the next step for you? Did you switch coaches? I mean, switch did coaches. you take a break? I definitely switched coaches. Realized that I need more of like a a style that was maintainable and was maintainable off season and on prep. Mm-hmm. So I switched over to flexible dieting, mm-hmm. which was really good since I was able to incorporate like foods that I want and just like eat what I want in moderation as long as I hit my carbs, proteins, and fats. Mm-hmm. I did that for roughly a year and a half. Mm-hmm. It was really good. I did, um, I want to say four shows or three three or four mm-hmm. shows with that coach. Okay. And it was really good, except I realized I didn't have the same drive as I did my first show. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, I wanted to be better. You always want to be better when yeah. you're in the sport. You're striving to progress, be yeah. better than you were last time. But I think I lacked being driven to bring my best to the stage. Mm-hmm. I was more of just kind of, I wanted to find happiness in what I was doing. And don't get me wrong, I was really happy in what I was doing. But I think pushing myself like that, I wasn't really happy with the progress and mm-hmm. the progress in terms of like my physical progress. Yeah. Yeah. But I learned so much just from prep though. Mm-hmm. Just realizing like my friends, um, just life, love life yeah. lessons are in prep, yeah. believe it or not. <laughs> Absolutely. Prep is, prep can be so emotional. Oh yeah. <laughs> all, I'm all up in my feels. Yeah. Prep. <laughs> I get so emotional. Like you'll catch me like texting people. I love you so much. Thank you for being my friend. I appreciate you just texting me. How am I? Like, it, I get so emotional. Yeah, yeah. But I appreciate it. I mean, till this day, even being an off season, I realize I don't need prep to make me happy. I need to... Being in prep made me realize to stop spreading myself so thin. Because when you're in prep, you only focus being on prep and mm-hmm. just getting by that day. Yeah. And when you have a focus, like, you have, like, that vision and that laser focus, you need to apply that into your real life. And I think that's what I've been doing now that I'm in off-season. I've been applying it, and I just don't have time for friends who aren't supportive, who aren't reciprocating my friendship, or doing things that don't benefit me in any way, or benefit my happiness, my well-being. So... Yeah. Um, that's a learn. It took like two or three years of like just prepping, realizing I don't need prep to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an important lesson to mm-hmm. learn. Some girls just, they love being stage lean so much and they're so fixated on their body that it's hard to break away from it. Mm-hmm. But you have to realize beating yourself up and just ripping yourself apart is not going to make you any happier. Yeah. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I mean, society nowadays, we look on Instagram and we realize, oh my gosh, she has abs. Oh, she has the perfect bikini body and we want to be like her. I mean, don't get me wrong. We all want to look like supermodels, mm-hmm. you know, don't we all? But <laughs> yes. you shouldn't be your <laughs> right? Girl, me too. 
but uh, we shouldn't beat ourselves up just because of the way we look i've always just been like bottom heavy on my legs but i mean i could spend all this time picking up like beating myself up ripping myself apart about how i want to look and how i don't look like what mm-hmm. i did but i'm not because mm-hmm. i am so happy focusing on other aspects of my life my relationship with food has gotten so much better in the last like two or three years mm-hmm. um my relationship now is getting it's amazing my life right now like i couldn't ask for a better life i have amazing friends mm-hmm. and i'm working on like going to nursing school my relationship is mm-hmm. good like I don't know what else I can ask for. Yeah. Yeah. I have so much good things going on in my life rather than just focus on myself. Like you do. picking myself apart. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think sometimes girls fail to realize too, to improve, mm-hmm. to improve your physique, sometimes you need to take a break from the stage. And yes. sometimes it doesn't mean go crazy, go gain 50 pounds during yeah. your off season, but it means okay, let's eat a little more. Let's hit your workouts harder. Mm-hmm. Build up in the areas that you need to build and mm-hmm. maybe shrink the areas you need to shrink. Improve your physique overall. Mm-hmm. You can't do that if you're eating 800 calories a day, doing tons of cardio. Your muscles aren't going to grow if you're in a big calorie deficit. Yeah. So I think I think that's an important lesson that sometimes I wish some of my friends that compete would internalize, take that in. I agree. I think the same thing. Um, but I'm I'm happy for you. You do have a lot of amazing things in your life. Thank so you. you're one... part of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm, I'm I'm hanging out. <laughs> yeah. So uh, to your point you made earlier, you said that your motivation after your first prep changed, mm-hmm. or you just weren't as motivated, as honed in. So what did change after that first show in that next year and a half? I think I was just focused on doing too many things at once. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was doing, I was working full time. I was going to UCI and well, I had no friends at UCI, let's be real. But <laughs> just kidding. I was in a pre-law fraternity at uh-huh. UCI and I was in a social fraternity at UCI. Um, I was in... I was trying to do a lot, actually. Yeah, those are big time commitments. Yeah, it is. I was secretary of my pre-law uh-huh. fraternity as well. So I was, it was just a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. And doing that upon, like, trying to cater to a lot of, like, quote-unquote friends, um, a lot of social outings, um, my relationship at the time mm-hmm. and you know just try, I was trying to make everyone mm-hmm. happy yeah. besides myself <laughs> yeah yeah and I think that's what like changed and I realized I was trying the only thing that was like making me happy I thought was prep and that was me time mm-hmm. and that's why I was doing it so much I was I was prepping because I was doing it for me or mm-hmm. so I thought but mm-hmm. my head wasn't really there for me. Mm-hmm. I was trying to do too much. Yeah. yeah. So when did when did you have that realization that um, you spread too thin? I realized. I mean, I realized bits and pieces of it as I prep. Like I said, as every time you prep is always a, like a learning experience. But I think when I finally realized it was, um, I want to say towards the end of actually summer last year, spring. 2017 and I I just it just hit me mm-hmm. and I just realized wow I'm so much happier doing something I love and really seeing the positive and the good and everything rather than just wasting my time on things that don't matter mm-hmm. and 
it helped even more that um, that's when I met AJ and he he honestly changed my life around Mm -hmm. for the better my relationship with food I was able I wasn't scared of food anymore Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of girls can relate to that Mm -hmm. because whether or not we like to admit it we all have some point been scared of food Mm-hmm. And even if we're considered experienced competitors or experienced in the fitness industry, we've all been scared of food. And I think after that, I finally realized that my happiness didn't lie within food. It mm-hmm. lied within good company and good people that mm-hmm. was good for my soul. Yeah. And that's when everything changed. Yeah. <laughs> that's No, that's awesome. And I, I definitely have seen a difference in you since you met him and... I don't know. You guys are too cute. <laughs> Seriously. It's just like every, every picture, everything you guys post, it's hashtag couple goals uh, in my mind. But so you said you're scared of food. Like what did, what did that look like or what did that feel like? It was just, I was scared to eat carbs. I was scared to, you know, let's be real. I can't believe I'm saying this right now, but I was scared to eat carbs at night. Mm-hmm. You know, at one point I was very scared of that <laughs> because you're like, oh my God, I'm not doing anything with it. I'm going to go to sleep and it's yeah, going to sit there. I'm, I'm going to get, get fat. fat. <laughs> I eat one slice of pizza and I think I'm going to get fat. Yeah. You know, it's just things like that. And you don't realize it in that short amount of time, but it gets to you over the last like couple years. And I think now I'm not really tracking. I'm just kind of eating consciously. I'm way happier now. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was doing my last off season. Mm-hmm. I was just eating consciously. Eventually I kinda got on a meal plan a meal plan on off season, but I was happy with that meal plan because I didn't have to think about what to eat anymore. Yeah. And it was just easier that way. Yeah. Yeah. So how has AJ helped you, I guess, change that attitude towards food? Or is it is it from AJ or is it from just it's... having that break to kinda intuitively eat? It was both. Um, I think it was before I was so fixated on, oh, trying this good food. Good, like, just good food in general. Food makes me happy. Eating mm-hmm. it makes me happy. But now you know, when I go out to dinner or when I go out to eat with him, we just have so much to talk about mm-hmm. that I'm always thinking about, like, what we talk about, about a conversation, mm-hmm. about him. Same thing goes with me and my friends. Like, I have so much to say to my friends and I'm actually listening. If you actually go out and really listen and talk to your friends, you'll realize that you barely even touch your food. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of girls are so like, oh my God, this is so good. And you're stuffing your face with food, but you're not really listening to your company talking or like yeah. whoever you're with talking. Yeah. And I think AJ, I hate to say it. I mean, it's in a good way, but it's a my first relationship that I was able to openly communicate with and talk about everything and anything and realize that I don't have to do anything by myself anymore. Mm-hmm. So that was why like, it was kind of like a, a way that I can actually talk mm-hmm. and not focus, not be so fixated on yeah. food anymore. Yeah. yeah. That's incredible. That's, yeah. that's really incredible. And the same thing goes with friends. Like when you finally start hanging out with people that actually care about you and you care about them and you care about what they're saying, you realize you don't you're not going out and like burying your your face in food because mm-hmm. you don't care about what the other person is talking about. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's the same way. Yeah, I agree completely. Communication, relationships are what are important, and I think it's easy for us to get distracted with our smartphones. Like yep. my one of my biggest pet peeves is when I hang out with people or you go out to dinner or lunch or something with a friend, 
and they will not put their phone down and you feel like they're not even present yeah. for the time that you're spending together. It's super annoying. Um, just a personal pet peeve of mine. I agree. I'm, that's, I'm with you yeah. on that one. And I think too that sometimes this, you know, not addiction, but food can be an addiction. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people use it to comfort themselves because something in their lives or something in their mental state is missing. Like they want, they're lonely, they're sad, they're wanting to celebrate. And so to them, food means celebration and and they're putting value or importance on food when time with friends, time with loved ones would actually make them happier. A little bit of time in the gym, boost the endorphins would actually make you happier. And I think a lot of people fail to realize that they have this dependency or emotional dependency on food. I agree. You literally took the words <laughs> out of my mouth. That was probably better than I said it. <laughs> no, you said it. You said it great. And I think a lot of people, they don't realize it. A mm-hmm. lot of people have this very strong emotional tie to food. And it is one of the hardest addictions in some way to break. Because yeah. smoking, you know, drinking, those things, you kind of know they're bad for you. It's easy mm-hmm. to say, okay, I need to, I need to do something. I think a lot of people fail to realize that you know, their need to order pizza three times a week is that's something, that's, something that's unhealthy for them physically and emotionally. And they yeah. don't realize that some of the reason why they're doing it is for comfort. Yeah. Emotional comfort. Yeah. I mean, there's so many things that you can do and not spend money on that much food, which is something I've been trying to do more so lately is watch what I'm spending uh-huh. because I realize post-show... My first post-show, actually after my first prep, I spent over $200 in one week on just eating out. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I was that (laughs) deprived. And I look back and I realize, wow, I spend so much money when I'm not prepping Uh because I'm just eating out all the time. I'm so tempted to buy all this food because, wow, I'm missing out. Yeah. Reality, you're not missing out on anything. It's... You yeah. just you just felt so deprived. Yeah, it's it's tough when it's you're tough. on prep and you're starving and mm-hmm. you're just looking at food like waiting. Yep. I I think I did the same thing last fall where I went to Trader Joe's. This is really embarrassing, but I <laughs> bought a bunch of pumpkin flavored treats, everything because I wasn't <laughs> oh going to be done until Thanksgiving. Uh huh. And I was like, I don't want Trader Joe's to be out of this stuff by the time I'm done. So I bought it and I just. I didn't even, I didn't touch it. Yeah. And then once I was done, I could eat it. And some of it was good. The pumpkin ice cream was bomb. But then all this other stuff, I'm thinking, why did I buy this? Why did I spend my hard-earned money on pumpkin granola bars? I don't even like these. (gasps) Oh my God. (laughs) So like half the food, I ended up throwing it away. And it's, yeah, it's embarrassing to share that, but... I think that happens to prep, so many girls. Prep does weird stuff to your brain for sure. It does. Everything yeah. suddenly looks good. Yeah. I think last show, we were walking down the, me and AJ are walking down the baby aisle. And I was like, wow, baby food looks so good right now. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, dude, do you know what you just said? I was like, yeah, that like can of baby food looks like the sweet potato looks really good. Uh-huh. And he's like, oh my God, you're losing it. <laughs> You are losing it right now. <laughs> uh, that was a, that was right before Gov Cup, my second to last show, actually. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's good that you have someone to remind you and <laughs> yeah, give, give you some perspective. Oh my god! But I mean, I've just made a rule to not buy post show stuff. So that's that's good. Yeah. And when I start prepping again, I'm gonna need to remind myself. Of yeah, that. it's just not <laughs> worth it. It's not. It's yeah. Not. So what was that like? So you and AJ did 
a prep together this winter slash early spring. Mm -hmm. What was that like? It was really good. Mm -hmm. Actually, my one of my friends asked me about it and she's like, how did it feel? Did it change your perspective of AJ? And I was like, yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. I think I fell in love with him all over again during this prep, which I can, Aww. I can, no one can probably like say that about the significant Aww. other, but he did so much for me during mm-hmm. this prep. He would always prep my food for me when I had to sleep early and wake up early the next day, but he knew he was going to stay up late. Mm-hmm. He was just like, go to bed. I'm just going to give me your plan. I'm just going to do everything for you. Mm-hmm. And he put myself first, even though he was dying and he was low carbing most of the days too, mm-hmm. but he would always put myself first, made sure I was at the gym, made sure I wake up in time. We we're long distance, but he still yeah. calls me 3 a.m. every day to wake me up for during for prep. Oh my gosh. And he'd go back to sleep after. Yeah. Um, just little details like that. I think like a lot of relationships, you are so focused and too tired to care for your significant other because you're not eating that much. AJ never stopped. Mm-hmm. He kept doing it. Yeah. And I think that's that should be like that for every relationship, prep or non-prep. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't get too comfortable and you should still try. With your Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. How did you guys make time for each other? Because like you said, you're here in Orange County. Mm-hmm. AJ's up in the Bay Area. You are long distance. How did that work? We FaceTime every day. Uh-huh. It was, we made sure we FaceTime every single day. Because no matter how tired we are, no matter what we had to do the entire day, we have to remember that we have each other and we shouldn't take that for granted. So every morning we talked and every night we talked. Now, during the day, it kind of varies depending on what we had to do. But we made a point to always talk twice a day, morning and night, mm-hmm. as a good morning and good night. Because that's what couples do. You yeah. say good morning to each other, yeah. you say good night to each oh, other. Oh, that's so sweet. I yeah. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that, what we did every single day. We still do it. It's yeah. leading up to a year now. We still do. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And as an, as an outsider, your relationship, it seems very healthy and very balanced and... Uh, for single gals like me, gives me gives me a good role model <laughs> yeah. to keep it to keep in mind. Like look there's, how good they're communicating. That's wonderful. There's hope. Not all guys are bad communicators. I mean, yeah, a lot of guys are bad communicators. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like, I agree. A lot of them are, yeah. but there will be guys out there who yeah. are will be worth it and will try. Yes. Yeah. It's just, it's just a matter of time. Even though I totally <laughs> thought he was a player when I first met him. Really. But, but, I mean, I guess not. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's awesome. So what's next for the two of you? Are you both in off-season? Are you prepping? Mm, we're both in off-season now. Mm-hmm. I don't know when my next show will be, mm-hmm. and I'm totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, he is probably prepping maybe at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure yet. It just kind of depends on how much he's how much size he's put on in the next couple months in order to prep we're definitely not prepping for hawaii because i will like murder him if we prep he preps through hawaii which we're going in oh September. your vacation mm-hmm. yes so, oh, so yeah he's probably gonna prep a little before that and then yeah. take a break and then prep after hawaii nice but he's finished his school in august he just graduated he has summer school and he's trying to move down here so really yep oh that's amazing that's so exciting yeah so that's the next step we're just trying to grind out the summer and see 
how we're going to move that tra- this transition from him up there moving down here mm-hmm. which is why he's offering like online coaching more mm-hmm. more posing he's trying to really expand that he's yeah. coaching now yeah and i'm just trying to help him yeah yeah well you have a very successful posing business and you've you've been doing that for is it two years now leading up to two years leading up yeah. to two years how did you first get into that or how did you mm. how did you decide to start that I just like doing it for fun. So uh-huh. to be honest, I was just posing with my girlfriends for fun. And we'd meet up at the gym and they would ask for my critique mm-hmm. and like what I saw and everything. And someone was like, why don't you just start coaching posing? Mm-hmm. You obviously love doing it and people have been asking you. Yeah. And you keep saying, no, you don't because you only <laughs> want to pose with your friends. Yeah. But you could be doing this and getting uh-huh. paid to do it. I was like, oh, I just never thought of yeah. it that way to make money off uh-huh. what I like doing. I'm I started doing that. I started like charging people for my sessions mm-hmm. and I realized yes, I should, probably should be charging because I'm taking my time out of the day to help them and I love it. I yeah. genuinely love what uh-huh. I do because I love watching people start from like point A and mm-hmm. B where they're at and they used to tell me I'm shy. And you go on stage and I'm like, you are not shy, girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can't be. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I just love cha- seeing the change in, like, girls' like confidence and everything, mm-hmm. you know. And I can say some, the same thing for you. Like, when I first met you, <laughs> you were just, like, more quiet and just more to yourself. You kept to yourself a lot mm-hmm. more. But now you're like completely different. Yeah. Yeah, I try to be and I think I think one of the things that I personally need to work on before I'm on stage again is my confidence. I still need to keep working on my presence, my posing, and you've helped me so much. I mean, I remember first meeting you and, and not really knowing you, I met you through my old coach, Dale, who I love. And I remember meeting you and just kind of being overwhelmed with like how glam and pretty you were and just like <laughs> You know, the eyelashes and the hair, and you were on prep, I think, at the time, so your delts were, like, popping, <laughs> and and then I met you, and I got to know you, and I realized, wow, this girl is, you know, she's gorgeous, and in some ways kind of intimidating, Aww. but you're so sweet and down-to-earth and uh, reliable, and which is kind of weird to say, but in Orange County, people can be so flaky that I, I, I knew when we had plans or we had a posing session that... You know, it was locked in. We were we were making it happen. And just that time with you, I realized, wow, this girl is amazing. She's got something very special about her that's not just like her physical appearance or the fact that she's done a bunch of shows. You were a person with a good heart and organized. And I was just amazed by you from, from the get-go. So you've definitely Aww. helped me a lot with my posing and, you know, helping me see a bigger picture and an overall package for myself and how I'm competing. So Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. yeah. No, it's I mean it's been it's been part of my journey, like meeting you and, and where I've gone from there. So I still know I have a long way to go, but um I'll get there. Well, let me look at us now. We went from like <laughs> client and coach to like really good friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's been it's been amazing. So how did you first get interested in posing? Did you have a dance background or or cheerleading or did you like to I don't know maybe your clubbing days or anything I mean what appealed to you about it first of all I have no <laughs> hand-eye coordination whatsoever I have no rhythm whatsoever I have no background in music dance uh-huh. or anything 
I I would disagree with you about the hand-eye coordination (laughs) and the rhythm. Come on, girl. (laughs) But I just liked posing. I think I was just more of like, I had an eye for detail. I used to be in the art club and I used to do art as a hobby. Mm -hmm. But I think I just have an eye for detail and I was able to kind of see a lot of things that some people didn't see and pick apart certain things that could have changed and it would change the smallest things can make Mm -hmm. a biggest difference in posing and it's all an art of illusion so once you change something you can work and create something else and it's just the overall package and just i think i like talking to girls in a sense where i can see they they're very shy but they have it in them to be so much more. Mm-hmm. And when I talk to them, I can see that they want to try, but they don't know where to start. And just being able to connect with them and show them the way, it's just really cool to see how much they can change mm-hmm. and not just composing in the way they smile. They, they actually believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. It's I can't explain it, but it's just an amazing feeling to see it for yourself. Yeah. 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 It's almost like you're the sculptor, and most people see just that clay. Mm-hmm. You're seeing the finished product, mm-hmm. even though it is just, you know, yeah. not, not to yeah. compare with myself or other girls, but <laughs> most people see the clay. You see the sculpture, the mm-hmm. finished product that's there, and yeah. you're trying to just pull it out of them. Yep. <laughs> that's awesome. So what's next for your posing business? I mean, you have you're usually very booked. I mean, your schedule is full within a given month. You have posing seminars. What's what's next for you and some of the things you're working on? Um, so right now, I am trying to do more posing seminars, not just in Orange County, but in San Diego, Bay Area, such as um, San Francisco, San Jose, expanding up there. Um, hopefully, if enough people are maybe trying to do one in Texas, travel to other places, mm-hmm. picking up, I just love doing online closing, picking up clients yeah. and doing it online or in person. Mm-hmm. It's not something that I want to do the rest of my life per se, mm-hmm. because I don't know if I'll have time for it later on, but I want to do it now because yeah. I like helping people now. Yeah. But and let's just see where it goes, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to grow where I can now yeah and see where that goes that makes sense yeah how many clients do you have right now or how many active clients honestly that's kind of hard to say too I oh probably, yeah I'm sure yeah. it's sort of touch and go and based on it's touch show and days. go but I think actively right now I have a solid I want to say 15 16 mm-hmm. and that kind of rotates between how many sessions they have gotcha. in the next three months yeah and you probably have girls coming in and mm-hmm. then some kind of wrapping up if they're yeah. done with their shows and but I've coached over, it's crazy to say I've coached over 200 girls. Wow. Yeah. I I counted a couple weeks ago and I have like sessions with them or like posing workshops. I've coached over 200 girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, you think about that too. There's a lot of hardware. You've had some overall winners who have worked with you. Yeah. Some class, a ton of class winners. Mm -hmm. So that's always very, very cool. Yeah. When are your next posing seminars that you've got coming up? Um, Or where are they too? I have one in San Diego, June 9th. Okay. Oh, June 10th. Sorry. June 10th in San Diego. Saturday? Sunday. 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 Saturday is a show. I'm doing it Sunday. 
I wish I can do it the day before, but I'm just too busy. Mm-hmm. And I have one June 24th in Lake Forest. This is just more more of a smaller one. Uh-huh. Maybe cap it at 10 people and just kind of really work with them. Yeah. I am trying to do one in July. I might skip July. I don't mm-hmm. know. It depends on my schedule. And probably do one in August in NorCal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. I heard rumors. Was there a rumor about a Vegas posing seminar? I am trying to work on that. Well, mm-hmm. I want to do that for the end of July before mm-hmm. USA's, but I feel like it might be too much that weekend sure. just because people are competing and the yeah. last thing you want to do is go to the seminar. You're tired and be overwhelmed with more stuff. Yeah, that's so, true. So, I don't know. I might put that off until later on in the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. Well, what are some other things you have going on? I know... You have this new exciting position with Toxic Angel Bikinis, which mm-hmm. is one of your sponsors. Um, you get all your suits custom done through them. Can you tell yeah. me a little bit about that? Um, so Margaret, the owner of Toxic Angels, asked me to help her with her vision. She has a vision for Toxic Angels, and a lot of people she's talked to wasn't seeing eye to eye with her. And... Although I'm just I'm a sponsored athlete, I've gone I've gone pretty close to Margaret, and me and her have been really good friends. And I know I I feel like I know what she wants, mm-hmm. and everything has been going really well so far. So she asked me to do marketing for her, her Instagram marketing. Since I've built up my page, she wants me to help her build up her page. Since she's too busy to have the time to post or reply to comments or just engage mm-hmm. or just make content for her posts. So I was giving her all these ideas, but it wasn't being executed before as a friend. But now she's hired me to give her ideas, execute them, and then follow up to make sure these plans are working. And I've only started working with her for about a week now, but it's been really good. Mm -hmm. She's loving it. (laughs) Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. And you're someone, too, that has built a pretty impressive social media following. What... I guess where did that come from or how did you how did you build that up you've given me some advice in the past that I think has been really really useful for me personally but what advice would you give for people who are trying to use social media as a tool for their business or for themselves um just post what you want to do what you like to do don't be anyone other than yourself because people can see it if you're not being yourself and you're not being authentic and everything when I first started my flow was everyone who was like wow she is a small asian girl who lifts that's totally out of the norm because Mm -hmm. asian girls we want to stay small petite so you Uh can't really you don't want to lift and like build all that muscle because it's what it was quote unquote unattractive Uh and i guess i kind of broke out that norm and that's when i started gaining like followers when people were like wow you know Mm -hmm. it's different and i'm i just kept every updating my progress as I went from powerlifting to bikini mm-hmm. off season on season my mm-hmm. relationship it's all on there I'm, I don't mm-hmm. hide anything mm-hmm. so I just stay true to yourself good things will follow <laughs> that's amazing yeah so what el- what else is next for you you've got a, you've got a lot going on mm, right now I am just enjoying life mm-hmm. um working on work relationship mm-hmm. and next step is nursing school mm-hmm. so i'm excited about that taking the leap i quit my corporate job 
um, going back to school for nursing, finishing up like two more prereqs and then applying for nursing school. I got to study for the T's exam. Okay. And hopefully find a job as a nursing assistant in the meantime to get hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's incredible. Was that nerve wracking to make that big? It was so nerve wracking, girl. (laughs) 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 When you're like really content with like a consistent income and great benefits, Mm -hmm. it was kind of hard to pull away because I was there for two years. But I realized I wasn't happy waking up and just doing the same things over and over again. And I wasn't really helping anyone other than myself. Mm-hmm. So I realized I get so much more fulfillment from helping people, seeing other people happy. I get happy seeing my friends happy uh-huh. and seeing them succeed. Yeah. So I wanted to do something that would help other people. And I figured nursing would do that for me. I, I can see myself doing that 20 years later. I wanted something fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And corporate wasn't fulfilling enough for me. I couldn't see myself doing that the next 20 mm-hmm. years. So how did you decide to just pull the trigger? Because that's something I think a lot of people may have where they want to quit their job, they want to do something else, but saying goodbye to that paycheck is scary. I was talking about it for maybe like a couple months before I realized I'm not happy. And I would talk to AJ about, you know, if I'm not happy doing something, I need to make a change or I need to collectively like, do something to be better every single day. Mm-hmm. If I'm complaining every day about how I'm not happy mm-hmm. and I'm not doing anything about it, you're not really being better. Yeah, I'm really a hypocrite for saying yeah. what it is then. So I was, I was making a change. I planned out what I needed to do and I realized this is when I need to end it. And I booked a flight to NorCal for two weeks mm-hmm. and I just told myself... Obviously, I cannot have all this PTO time off. I'm quitting. I quit right before the flight, and Mm -hmm. I just went to NorCal for two weeks, and I just lived life. (laughs) And I'm happy. I'm so relieved, and I realized I probably should have done it sooner, but, Mm -hmm. I mean, work was work. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to realize, too. Sometimes we take these big leaps in our lives, and we don't realize until after we did it. Oh, my gosh, I should have done that a year ago. Yeah. Or, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, I'm just really happy because mm-hmm. I what what helped was I always told myself, what are you doing today that will make you better and see set you up for success tomorrow? Mm-hmm. If you're not doing anything today, you're just going through the day, you're just going through the motion. Mm-hmm. You need to really do something that will make a difference that day, whether it be talking to a friend that inspired you whether it be having a great workout that will set you up for the next day, you need Mm -hmm. to do something little or big to set yourself to be better Mm -hmm. the following day. Mm -hmm. And you should think about that every single night before you go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Have you always had that attitude? That's a great attitude. No, I haven't actually. (laughs) I'll be honest. It was never always there. It was always on and off. But like I said, that's AJ's attitude Mm -hmm. and he's instilled that in me and we talk about our goals at least if not once a week then it's like every other couple days Mm -hmm. we talk about our goals what we want what we're planning and I think that always reminds me and inspires me every single day to do something that I want to do yeah 
That's so wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, couple goals. <laughs> Just waiting for my nice guy to come along that I can talk about goal setting with. <laughs> He's out there. <laughs> I'm sure he is. Oh my gosh. Okay. So... I would say let's wrap this up in just a few minutes. We've been going for an hour now. Oh, dang. <laughs> that flew by. I know. I know. No, it's it's been great catching up with you. So what are, what are some pieces of advice or things that maybe you've realized that you would give to either girls that are competing or people that want to lose weight or somebody who's just looking to make a change in their life because I think you're a great role model mm. and you're definitely an action taker. And you give a lot of people, I think, motivation and inspiration for how to be better every day, how to live their life, how to push yourself, how to grow. Um, I would say really think about why you're doing these things and make sure you're doing it for yourself. Don't do it to lose weight because to make someone else happy. Lose weight for yourself. Why? Really find out your why and that's not just like above the surface like an above the surface question really think about why you're doing the things you do because if you're let's say prepping for a show and you feel miserable doing it why are you doing something that doesn't make you happy Mm -hmm. I always tell people to enjoy the process enjoy whatever you're doing if you're not enjoying your prep it's not for you you're not happy doing it why are you like depriving yourself of all this food and doing all this workout and cardio for something you realize you don't want to do. Enjoy every moment of it. Find the good in every day. Find the good in everything that you do. And you'll realize soon enough that life is too short to do things you don't want to do. So just be happy. I know it's easier than said some days, but when you really think about all the good stuff you have in your life and... Just having to go to work out, it might not be such a chore, a chore if you just actually enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's me time. Yep. That's that is me it. time. Yeah. yeah. All right, girl. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and doing this with me. How can people find you? How can they get a hold of you? How could they book a posing session with you? Um, so he can comment, like, and subscribe. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, I don't have a YouTube. Where where are all the places people can find you? (laughs) But you can catch me on Instagram. My handle is Mary Ish, M-A-R-Y-I-S-H. Um, you can contact me there. My website is on there, maryish.com. You can also email me at hello at maryish.com for posing or just questions about, um, how to get started, how to be motivated and just how do I prep and just advice in general because I'd be more than happy to help. I know how it is to get started and you have all these questions you want answers to. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, thanks again, love. This has been amazing. We will definitely have to do one of these again. Yeah, definitely. Maybe maybe we'll pick a topic or something and really focus in on that, but it's been great and best of luck with all of your future endeavors. Thank you so much. (laughs) All right, that's it, FitFan. Thanks for listening.